0: Hi, I wanted to welcome everyone to this very special podcast and introduce the, uh, the people that we have on. So I wanted to welcome Joe Plenzler. Joe retired after 20 years of active duty service in 2015 and became the Executive Vice President of Marketing and Membership at the U.S. Naval Institute. From 2017 to 2018, he served as the National Director of Media Relations for the American Legion's National Headquarters in Washington, D.C. Today, Joe Plenzler is a Communications Director for the Wounded Warrior Project in their Washington, D.C. office. Um, and next, we have Ryan Cools on November 29, 2005, while returning from an early morning According and search, Ryan's vehicle was hit with an improvised explosive device buried in the road. After being evacuated to Walter Reed Army Medical Center, Ryan remained in a coma for two weeks before slowly beginning rehabilitation. Ryan retired from the Army as a captain in May 2007, and currently Ryan works with Wounded Warrior Project one of the organizations that played a large role in his recovery as a Combat Stress Recovery Program National Director. And next, Paul Zoldra, who is the Editor-in-Chief of Task and Purpose, a former Marine infantryman. His past bylines include Business Insider and We Are the Mighty. He is also the founder of Duffelblog. Welcome to all three of you and thank you so much for being here.
1: Hey, thanks. Good to be here. Thank you.
0: And Kyle Carpenter. Kyle's book was just released titled, You Are Worth It, Building a Life Worth Fighting For. On November 21, 2010, U.S. Marine Lance Corporal Kyle Carpenter was posted atop a building in violent Helmand Province, Afghanistan, when an enemy grenade skittered toward Kyle and fellow Marine Nick Euphrazio. Without hesitation, Kyle chose a path of selfless heroism that few can imagine. He jumped on the grenade, saving Nick but sacrificing himself. One of the year's most anticipated books, Kyle's remarkable memoir reveals a central truth that will inspire every reader. Life is worth everything we've got. It is the story of how one man became a so-called hero who willingly laid down his life for his brother-in-arms. And Kyle, you are a hero. And equally, it is a story of rebirth, of how Kyle battled back for the gravest challenge to forge a life of joyful purpose. Welcome, Kyle, and thank you so much for being on this.
2: Oh, you are so welcome, and you are worth it. And all of you, um, thank you for your love and support and service. And I appreciate this time and just helping me uh, get the good word out and try to help people through their own struggles. So thank you very much.
0: Thank you. And Joe, we'll start with you. So sure. I'll turn it over to you.
1: Yeah, no, thanks so much, Roxanne. And, and Kyle, what a great book. Um, I read it over the weekend. Uh, Roxanne sent it out to me. And I, I don't know if you packed some extra dust on the pages because there's parts where you know, it got a little dusty in the room for me. <laughs> I mean, like,
2: uh, yeah, <laughs> well, I not, say, not, hey, clean I, out that room. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't. We don't need you tearing up. Yeah, no. I mean, but
1: um, I really respected your ability to be so uh, honest and and really vulnerable with you know you describing your relationship with your parents and what they went through and and what you went through and 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 the hard times that you had um, both physically but but mentally as well. And and one of the things that really struck me as I was going through it was you have a consistent theme through your book about kind of framing your experiences and choosing your future. And that, that Viktor Frankl quote from the Holocaust came to mind where he's like, hey, everything can be taken away from a person except uh, the one last human freedom, which is the ability to choose your attitude in a set of circumstances. So can you talk about, like, how, like, why you decided to put that in the book and how that helped you kind of cope with with the, um, your injuries and and recover from them?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um so, thank you for reading it and taking the time to do that before this call. I appreciate it, and I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. And uh, that is an amazing quote uh, and a great question. And, you know, there is uh, multiple different ways to look at this uh, beautiful and difficult journey that I've been on. And, you know, I joined in 2009. I was injured by that hand grenade November twenty first, 2010, and from that moment and waking up in the hospital almost five weeks later, followed by my three years of recovery at, at the time, Bethesda National Naval Medical Center after Walter Reed and Bethesda merged, uh, uh, it was, or it is now, Walter Reed National Military Medical Center, and then following that, transitioning like every veteran does, and you know, through all of this, uh, and, and I kind of went through that timeline because this book I wrote this book now, so many years later. Because at the time, you know, many of the things that uh, I'm writing about were just experiences or an experience in that moment in time but with months and years of self-reflection and deep thought turned into life lessons, and years after that evolved into perspective. And getting to your question, I've learned that every crossroad, every decision, every obstacle in life, every encounter with people that are different than us, Everything is not only a choice, but a choice in the fact that you have to choose what lens of life you want to look through. And you have to choose what type of perspective, outlook, and attitude that you, no matter what your circumstances are, no matter what's going on in your environment or how much noise is, is circling you, you have to choose, for good or bad, you know, what's going to be that next step. And so uh, I hope I answered your question. Uh, you know, it's, it's been a journey, so uh, to try to narrow it down like that, I, I think, uh you know, that is is where I would go with, with that question.
1: Sure. No, that, that makes a lot of sense.
3: So, uh, uh, Kyle, I was uh, very fortunate to, to read the book as well, and it's an uh, amazing story and amazing work. And uh, through the through reading it, uh, certainly saw uh, some of the experiences that I went through at Wall Street after uh, losing uh, an arm and a leg in an IED explosion that were... Uh, very very uh, similar path in, in recovery, and uh, one of the things that you talked about was not hiding your scars, and, and there's certainly many of us that don't have that choice to hide scars uh, and in uh, since uh two thousand and five uh, when I've been hurt, I uh, have had some people ask some pretty unique questions uh, on you know what had happened to me and, and what I had gone through. Uh, very much wondering what's what's the most unique question that you've received with some of those scars that you can't hide, and how do you go about handling it?
2: Well, first off, uh, you're the man, and uh, it's an honor to talk to you, brother, and comforting talking to someone that uh, has spent much of their life and and many what um, I know and can empathize with were long, dark, and and at times very painful night. So uh, it was great talking to you. And talking about Don't Hide Your Scars, again, uh, the story I am about to tell, which I tell in arguably my favorite chapter of the book called Don't Hide Your Scars, Chapter 13. Uh, When I was at Walter Reed, I had, uh, obviously had some time in between all the surgeries, appointments, and and therapy sessions, and so my oral maxillofacial and facial reconstructive teams had scar removal lasers and treatments that they could do in the clinic if I ever wanted to just kind of stop by as I'm, I'm walking through the hospital, and... Uh, they continue to offer them to me time and time and again, never pressuring me, but just saying, hey, you know, if you want to address these, you got the time, we can do that. And so I took them up on it, and I went in for my one and only scar vision treatment. And uh, actually, I might add two, but uh, that was it, because I go in, and not only is it extremely painful, and, and again, at this time in 2012, roughly, I didn't have... Uh, the perspective that I do now but I go in and not only is it extremely painful but I get back to my barracks room on the base of Walter Reed and my eyes were almost swollen completely shut my head, i it pretty much looked like I had stuck my head in a beehive and I just remember looking in the mirror and thinking, like, this is crazy. I mean, not only are we, I felt like, trying to buffer out a scratch in a car that's been totaled, but also uh, on a much deeper level, it made me truly self-reflect. You know, I had done a couple of speaking engagements at this point, Uh, even if I wasn't specifically speaking at an event that I went to. I was interacting with people. And through conversations, you know, uh, in ways I would tell people to, you know, be proud of what they've been through, you know, kind of own their scars and helping talk with them through that. And, you know, when I realized that and I was looking at my face, uh, I felt very much like a hypocrite in a way, and so from that moment on, I vowed and, and decided to never do another scar vision treatment because what I've realized over the years is that scars are a beautiful thing. Yes, they are an abnormal mark, they're different, and to some people, unfortunately, can be seen as ugly. But I have come to learn, and I'm thankful that I have come to learn this, that scars are a beautiful thing in the fact that they represent that you're not only a survivor and that life has knocked you down, but just like our wounds in the hospital, a scar shows that you healed. And you've not only healed, but you've made it through that hard time in your life. And you've not only healed and made it through that time, but now you're better, stronger, and wiser for going through that hard time. You're more resilient. And to tie all of this in with not only the book, but that specific chapter and story, uh, I believe it was 2012 timeframe, and... uh, buddy of mine that I not only had the pleasure and honor of serving with in Afghanistan we were in the same unit obviously and uh, he thankfully did not get hurt on any of our deployments and after uh, they got back from Marja he came home to the DC, Bethesda, Northern Virginia area on leave and uh, he called me up and we decided to uh, link up and have a little You know a couple hour reunion for the night so I left the hospital went into downtown Bethesda just a few miles outside of the gates of Walter Reed and uh, just a few miles from the nation's capital in DC and uh, I did not know that he was bringing two of his buddies from I guess you could say his previous life Uh, he is one of the greatest Marines I've ever served with, and an amazing person. But like all of us, uh, he has a background and a story, and that story at times was very rough. He grew up in uh, the gang life, and uh, two of his buddies, dear friends of his still, that he felt like he could still comfortably and lovingly hang around decided to tag along that night with him to meet me he had told them not only about my story you know but just who i was as a person and uh they wanted to uh to come out He tells me this and i'm thinking i i'm nervous you know what do you even say pleasure to meet you mr gang member sir and so we meet up in this british pub in downtown bethesda and from the moment we connected and I met them, they put their arm around me and gave me a hug and told me that, you know, Taranzo had told them about my story and that if and when the time ever came for them to step up for their brothers, they hoped that they could uh, be the person and the friend. Uh, and I'm very honored to say this, but like me at that time uh, if they were ever called upon to do that and it was a beautiful moment and one that taught me this, in, this profound lesson that we came obviously from drastically different backgrounds and we both had scars all over our body and you know a couple on their faces and even though we were from different walks of life, we got our scars in very different ways. Those scars immediately created an unspoken bond between us. And although, again, we were from different walks of life, they understood you know, physical, mental, and emotional pain. And so I'm so thankful that that occurred because now, you know, I can tell people. These lessons and this specific lesson to, you know, own your scars, be proud of them, and and learn from them, and become stronger for them, and know that, hey, if you make it to the end of your life and and you don't have any scars on you, uh, not that you didn't live a life well lived, but, um, you know, those people uh, with scars. And those of you who have scars that are listening to this, you know, those are a beautiful thing and it shows that you're a survivor.
3: Yeah, I t- totally agree. I mean it, it's you know, scars uh, help tell our story and they they very much uh,
4: build character. Appreciate that. Absolutely. Hey uh, I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here, um, and uh ask my ask ask a question, Kyle. if uh, <laughs> that's all right. But um I wanted to kind of go back a little bit. Um, I know we're kind of talking about the book, but um, you know, I wanted to ask you about if you could go back to that rooftop in 2010, um, and I, I'm wondering if you would do if you would do anything differently. Um, you know, veterans, including myself, we always like overanalyze. Uh, firefights or wonder, you know, maybe I should have done this or, you know, my friend over here wouldn't have been shot or, you know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just wondering if you've ever struggled with that and like second guessed yourself or thought about some other course of action after the fact. Um,
2: well, I'll start out by saying if I had – or had the opportunity or circumstance to um, do that again, knowing that I would save my fellow marine my fellow uh marine and best friend would I do it again uh it's tough to say yes because of knowing the pain and hardship that followed, but I would absolutely do it again and uh To address uh, potential guilt or kind of why me or why did that happen or, you know, I'm still here. Uh, I think myself along with other veterans that I've not only spoke to but countless others that are out there that have the guilt that wake up and go to sleep asking and wondering what if you know it's completely understandable uh and uh completely normal and it's, it's uh it's okay but I would also encourage you to know that uh know to ask that what-if question you know you might never know the answer to that and that is a, a an extremely tough question because of the fact that you can go the rest of your life and and you might never be closer to that answer than, than the day you started asking yourself that but now I would encourage you to focus on what you do know you're here You're alive, you're breathing, and you're waking up to another beautiful day and opportunity at life. And although it can be so hard to have that guilt and live every day being here and being alive, knowing that so many gave that ultimate sacrifice and that last uh, full measure of devotion, but use that and this opportunity and use knowing that there's so many that you know, at 17, 18, 19, 20 years old, you know, gave that ultimate sacrifice for everyone and for our country and, and use your life and your opportunity. I mean, it's a hard pill to swallow to say, look, and something I had to learn in the hospital, but the past is truly the past. No matter how, how much you dwell on it, how many millions of times you ask yourself, what if, why me? I feel guilty. Look, it's hard, but you're not changing anything. And to just sit there stuck in that rut, and everyone heals in their own time and and in their own way. But, you know, when you cut out the noise, every obstacle in life, every, you know, problem, challenge, you cut out the noise and you really only have two options. You take that small next step forward, Or you sit there in that state for the rest of your life. So knowing that and knowing that you're still here, still breathing, you have people that love you, family, you have the whole world and your life in front of you. Use that and create something great out of it. Educate people about the sacrifices of those that you feel guilty about and you ask the what if about. Use that to, to... educate the public on the great things our military does and you know uh, be respectful and and be patient and understand that not everyone's coming from where you are and not everyone is going to have the experiences that you do and you know take deep breaths have patience and just one day at a time one step at a time and one of my favorite lines in the book is uh, the smallest of steps eventually completes the grandest of journeys. So use every one of those steps to become better and stronger for yourself and those around you, and to make those who are looking down on us proud.
1: Yeah, I think yeah. that's a great answer. Hey Kyle, this is Joe. Um, I talked to Sergeant Major Kent. Um, he's, a, he's a friend of mine as well, and he just oh, wanted me to Oh, what an amazing
2: time. Marine in person.
1: Yeah, he wanted me to pass on his uh, his best regards to you, and I know you know him um, well as well. Um, hey, I had a question for you because, this, like, this is one thing I think about while we're over here at Wonder Word Project is that you know, the, <clears throat> like, battlefield medicine for the most part has the golden hour down, right? Like, if if we can get a helicopter to a casualty and get them to a, a level one facility, like, there's a really really high chance that they're going to survive. Yeah, and then when we get folks back to like Walter Reed, you know, launch school Walter Reed, and then wherever they go after that for their specialty care, you know, modern medicine has got some pretty amazing technology today to to put the bionics in and get people, you know, as patched up and return as much function to their bodies as we can. And I know we're still working on the mind type stuff, but like the thing I think about is like, okay, so you're you know, 20, you're 30 years old this year, right? Tomorrow. Yeah, so happy birthday. Uh, Thank you. Nice, happy birthday. But what more could we be doing? Because, you know, if you're, you know, most of our uh, wounded warriors average at the age of 40, 42, they're going to live for another 40 years, uh, typically, you know, average lifespan. Like what more could we be doing to help them uh, build meaningful lives, you know what I mean, within the context of, of their recoveries? And that's something that I think about almost every day.
2: Well, that's an amazing thing to think about, and I thank you, you know, for being cognizant of that and keeping that in mind. Uh, <clears throat> you're right. Military medicine is too incredible to put into words, and battlefield uh, care, uh, the hospitals downrange, launch still, I mean, I'm going to spend the rest of my life trying to give those people and those Facilities and military medicine and doctors credit until the day I die and I still won't scratch the surface. but uh, we have that down. You know there are um, ample amount of nonprofits and everything from you know, adaptive skiing to horseback riding to you know nonprofits that help me you know, get a laptop for college, even years after I uh, left left the hospital at Walter Reed. So I think the tools and the resources are there. Yes, of course, we can always improve, expand, get better, capitalize on good things, but I think at the heart of everything and kind of like I was just uh, hitting on is educating, educating not only people within the military to understand their fellow service members that might have become gravely injured, that might be dealing with mental trauma, emotional trauma, from their sacrifices in service, uh, whether it's downrange or here in the United States. Uh, And most importantly, educating the 99.9% of people who... Thankfully, will never have to sacrifice because the few, willingly and voluntarily raise their right hand. So I think we just need to, like you're saying and what you do every day, think about, not not only how we can improve, but just the fact that, just because, Iraq and Afghanistan have died down, compared to 2010. Um, That doesn't mean the mission, and like you're saying, 30, 40, 50 years, if not longer of life left for most of these veterans and wounded warriors. So the mission really is just beginning. And I think with educating people that are not only unfamiliar with the military, but go beyond that, the sacrifices that come with volunteering to raise your right hand, serving and uh, at times, um, becoming gravely injured for right. what the decisions you've made. So, I think educating goes a long way in every aspect of the issues that we're trying to address.
1: Awesome. Yeah, because Ryan deals with that every day. So,
3: yeah, and that uh, that was the question I, I had. Um, you know, just like, like uh, Joe is. Uh, Uh, kind of thinks through that on a daily basis. My main focus is uh, really on improving the the mental health care that our our warriors are receiving. And one of the things that we see through that work is there's very much a stigma that exists with uh, regarding veterans asking for help and receiving uh, both physical and and certainly mental health care. And just wanted to to get uh, your thoughts, uh, Kyle, as far as what you feel can be done to help break down some of that stigma
2: so it's unfortunate I think it's understandable absolutely no I don't think I know it's understandable because so few of us not only serve but a much smaller percentage of that, thankfully, is injured and spends those days, weeks, months, and years in a hospital bed. So to be part of such a minority group and such surreal and out of this world, not problems, but issues that need to be dealt with because of those just insane experiences so anytime you're in such a minority group it can be difficult embarrassing you know fill in the blank if you will to come forward with uh, those problems become because of that stigma but i would first encourage you to Understand that it's not just okay, but in a way, you know, you can look at it to be proud that you need help because you did something so great, so significant,
0: and you put your
2: mind, body, and spirit through such trauma, hardships, and difficult periods of life that so many people can't even fathom or understand, be proud that you gave so much for your country, for your fellow Marines and service members. You know, be proud that you gave so much that it is okay and encouraged and so just great that, You know you can come forward and and uh you know it might not be comfortable but hey just like we were saying earlier you have a lot of life left you know get healed up if it takes a couple days great if it takes a few years great if it takes your whole lifetime great everything can be a struggle and it will be a struggle but no why not Be proud of what you did, where you're coming from, and also be thankful that we live in such a great country. We have such a great military that that help and those people, those organizations, those nonprofits, those for-profits are all out there, you know, trying to help and doing the things that they can to help heal you and give you a better life and you know, brighter days, so, you know, I understand if you're embarrassed or you feel weak or whatever it is, but just know that is absolutely not the case. I mean, I had to talk to people in the hospital, you know, I had the psychiatrist coming by, you know, whether I wanted or not, coming by my hospital room, and, you know, I talked to them, and... You know I'm thankful that I'm living and not only living in my uh, very humble opinion, crushing a life that I am loving to live right now because of so many people that at times I had to, at times I wanted to help, but so many people you know gave their time, effort and energy to make me better for myself, my loved ones around me and all of the people now that I'm trying to help through their own struggle. So, hey, don't be scared or embarrassed. Get up, go get that help, and get back to to living and loving your life.
3: Yeah, I, I very much appreciate uh, that message and, and appreciate you sharing that message through the book. I think the awareness piece that that brings to people is um, more powerful than any of us will know.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Kyle. Kyle thank you, and thanks to all of you. I, we're going to start wrapping it up, and I just wanted to give each of you an opportunity to say one final thought. So, Joe, we'll start with you, and then Ryan and, and Paul, and then Kyle.
1: Yeah, no. So any final say- thoughts? Absolutely. Um, to to Kyle, what, what a great book. Thanks for writing it. Um, I, I think, you know, as I finished it, I was just like, wow, this is what I would really call like a lantern through the dark woods. It could be of use to a lot of people. So for anyone listening to this, um, you know, who's kind of going through a valley of life, definitely pick it up and read it. And sometimes that's hard to do when you're in the valley. So if you know somebody who's going through a struggle, you pick it up and read it and help uh, use some of the lessons that Kyle has uh learned and expressed to help other people so that's that's kind of where I leave it so congratulations on your book uh, I hope you sell a bajillion copies of it and um, happy birthday
2: oh thank you so much and uh hey that's the greatest compliment I could receive uh, on this book and that's my only hope is to to help so thank you for that
3: yeah and, and just uh, um, want to say as well reading reading this book and understanding the the struggles that Uh, come through with some military experiences, the uh, lessons that you uh, framed and and the way that you have taken things I think can not only apply to folks that have experienced some traumatic event in their military experience, but civilians as well. And and I really hope that folks can uh, see that and understand that no matter what their struggle is, be it big or small, uh, what you've laid out here is really uh, a pathway to, uh, as you said, crush it. Uh, with uh, with life, and very much appreciate you sharing the story. And uh, happy birthday! Hey, okay, thanks, brother.
4: And Kyle. Uh, yeah, I I guess I'm I'm gonna be kind of echoing everything they just said, but I just want to say thanks so much, Kyle. This was great. Your book is amazing. Um, you're amazing. Uh, I did I, I do if 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 uh, if I could, I'm curious about maybe if we could leave off with or end with a question. Um, you know, you, you talk about, um, you know, you've traveled so much and you've been all over the place and you've met so many people. I'm wondering if you could share, you know, what's sort of the enduring or or best piece of advice, um, you've received from someone you've met out there.
2: Um, I would say take care of yourself. You now in the beginning, after the medal, which I received in the middle of my sophomore year of college, uh, everything was just so chaotic, in, in a great way, and good things, but uh, I was a yes man. I said yes to everything because I felt like, okay, I'm going to say yes to as many people as possible, help as many people as possible, uh, and disappoint as few people as possible, but being that yes man after a couple of years, I ran myself into the ground so hard. One time I was going to an event, and I just canceled everything. I broke down and in, in a way, and I went straight to the hospital uh, to, to start getting fluids and just try to reset and recover. And a great Marine and mentor and friend of mine, you know, he told me, which has always stuck with me, if you're not good for yourself, you're not going to be good for your loved ones, and those that you're trying to help. So I focused then on not only taking care of myself, resting and doing what's best for me, which hopefully will lead to me being my best self for others, um, but just having and knowing that I need to kind of pick my battles to what I feel like uh, and where I feel like I can make the most impact so translate that to, to all of your lives who are listening, but take care of yourself. Focus on what you need to to become better, stronger, and wiser. And I think uh, so many other areas and things in life will fall into place. That's
4: amazing. Thanks so much um, that amazing advice. Yeah. Thank you.
0: So thank you Joe and Ryan from Wounded Warrior and from Wounded Warrior Project and Paul from Task of Purpose Kyle's book again is called You Are Worth It Building a Life Worth Fighting For thank you to all of you and the incredible work that you do and I hope this this podcast touches a lot of lives and Kyle thank you for putting this book out into the world for sharing your knowledge, insights, and journey. And um, I wish all of you the best, and I'm very grateful for your time today.